Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Ackeson podcast on justthenews.com. I hope you'll check out all the Just the News podcasts. You can go to justthenews.com and see the list of them on the homepage. We have a lot of problems here in America, but today we get a much-needed pep talk from an Irishman, Jonathan Dunn. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. So I was very lucky when I was like seven or eight years of age. I can never find the exact date they first traveled. But um, my granddad, um, her husband was having severe health issues with Parkinson's. And her wife, um, his wife, who was my granny's sister, was struggling and just, you know, struggling emotionally. So my grandmother came over and my parents and I joined her. And I arrived in Clearwater, Florida. And as that seven or eight-year-old boy, I fell in love with your country at first sight. I fell in love with the weather. I fell in love with how different and unique your people are. You're you're very open. You're very optimistic. You're very, we can do anything. You know, you're that type of optimistic people. I fell in love with the culture. And as a seven or eight-year-old boy, I was like, this is where I want to live. I, I can't put my finger on why, but I want to live here. And I started learning more and more about the, the country I wanted to call home one day. And then obviously around 2000, the internet explodes. And I wanted to learn as much about American history. And all of a sudden I found my eyes opened and um, because I can never explain what I was for in life. I could just always been telling in Ireland life. I was been told how culture was. I was told how taxation was. I was told how, you know, government was. And I was like, this doesn't seem right to me. But then when the internet exploded, I found the Declaration of Independence. I found the Constitution. I found the Bill of Rights. And all of a sudden I found, okay, here's some answers. It's not up to a government to decide who's, you know, what freedom or what you can do in life. Or it doesn't matter what class you come from. Or it doesn't matter what background you have. It just matters of how much you're going to work and how, you know, how much you're willing to invest in yourself and how much, you know, in a country where you can do anything. So I started exploring these documents. And then I started reading things like the Federalist and Anthony Federalist papers. And then I started studying more philosophy to read writings of like Adam Smith or um, Edmund Burke. And I was just like, all these answers all of a sudden came crystallized to me. And it's up to the individual and that's what america is about and i'm i've been promoting it i've been trying to get here legally for 17 years well you know um you're not the first person i know who's born in a foreign country who's extremely passionate about what's offered here in the united states more so than many americans does that surprise you that you know far more than many people about the history of the country and the roots and the understanding of how different, I guess some would say exceptional we are when compared to many other countries around the world in terms of the freedom that we are offered, the acceptance and tolerance we have for all kinds of people and the welcoming nature and so on. I think you to an American, it's just accepted. It's just, well, this is what we grew up on. This is just the way life is. 
And, you know, for the vast majority of even modern civilization in America, you haven't really seen freedoms come under attack. Obviously, if you want to discuss COVID, that's that's a gift that's just literally empowered all governments all around the world. And we've seen the bad side of government when it gets out of control. But to an Irish person, you know, there's a reason why I am so passionate, because I saw what life was like under socialism and I didn't I didn't like it. You know, one of the simple things is I just I asked all Americans who are skeptical about the American nature who there's this narrative right now that you're evil and you're vile and you're racist. I always asked people two questions. One, if America's so evil and vile and racist, why do people like me wait in line for 17 years? Or why do people who want to come to your country illegally, who are literally willing to go on a tugboat, which is not the safest to get from Cuba? Why are people flocking to come to your nation and not exactly flocking in the millions to go to other nations? But the second story I always ask is, you know, you have certain advantages in America. And one of them is just look at how many people literally had the rags to riches story. You know, the people who literally were born into abstract poverty, who had no chance and all of a sudden made it to you know, be very, very successful. Those stories are abundance and are pretty common in America of all races, of all creeds. But yet they're not popular around the world. And if you want more emphasis of this, I always talk about people always say, well, John, there's Irish companies that are very successful. Yes, there are tech companies. But you know what they generally do when they start finding some semblance of success in Ireland? They come to America to grow and they usually become very successful in America and they won't become it in Ireland. There's a reason for that. You have a certain right in America called the right to pursue your happiness. That's not a, a right that's shared around the rest of the world. And it's something that makes America unique. And I think it's it's the reason I do what I do is because I think it's very hard for Americans at times to say, you know, oh, well, we're exceptional, we're great. It sounds like you're bragging, but if you understand the story, it's not. But it's easy for me to, to come into the country and say, hey, no, listen, you're not bad. You Yes, you've made bad mistakes, but you're really good. But here's why you're good and share that story. And I think when you start sharing those stories, I'm a storyteller by nature. That's when you start making roles. You know, one thing you brought up is opportunities and rags to riches. I didn't know, and I'm well-traveled now, but I certainly didn't know until I started speaking with people, even from the United Kingdom that mobility is very restricted. It's, it's very hard. And in some other countries that we consider Western modern countries, it's impossible to get out of your stature or status that you're born into, sort of the stratified arrangement. A friend of mine who's from England who lives here now, she wanted to be, I think she told me she wanted to be a cook or a chef, but she was funneled into you know, certain opportunities and kept out of some. Tests have to be passed. Certain things have to be decided. You can't just say, at least at the time, she's now in her 40s, you couldn't just decide to be a chef. You had to have approval of the government and you had to have you know, certain testing and things happen. And they decided whether that's what you got to be able to do. So I don't know. Do you have any comment on that? Is What is the strata like in Ireland? It's similar, but just to go to share on that story on the English system, the pro- one of the reasons I find how I got started speaking out what I did and how I got working with the Blaze was I actually called Glenn Beck out on some words he used because I'm a language guy, and he used the term which has become very popular in your country, the middle class. I think that's a horrifically bad thing, and I think no American should embrace it. It goes against everything your country is built on. But just to bring you back to the English system, you were born in England in a class system and it's you were stamped at birth. You know, you think, let's take someone, you know, the rags to riches story we brought, right? Or even someone who's born in what the English would call lower middle class. You know, you're a working family. You're, you know, in American terms, you'd probably call them blue collar. 
you know, you come from a really union, blue collar co-worker family. And imagine you had a son or a daughter and they found something and they created something great and they became really, really rich. You would expect that person to all of a sudden, well, that person's automatically now upper class, right? In the higher class. Nope. They will always be judged by the class system. You have terms in England, which are still popular to this day, where you kind of go, oh, so-and-so, you see them? They're middle-class money or lower middle-class money. Why? Because they didn't come from the right background. Even though they're now really successful, they've created or innovated something that the public really wants and has made public society better because of the innovation. They will never, ever escape their class that they were born into. And that's why I don't like when America uses this. America, there is no class system. You're all created equal. You have one opportunity to pursue your happiness and you can rise to the riches. Imagine looking at Barack Obama. You can kind of go as your former president. Imagine looking at him and having people say in your country, oh, well, he's only, you know, he's only an immigrant family. You know, he's only this. He, he didn't rise. He never got past his class system. And that America, thank God, didn't do that. So I think there's times just to understand that this is what happens around the rest of the world. Whatever you're born into, it's very hard for you to escape if you don't come from the right family. That we're always looking to knock people around the rest of the world. We say, you know, even people who get like a, I don't know, what's the, because you grade things different in college. Is the four-point grade, 4.0 grade system good in your college? Yes, I don't think they go to five. They go to five and beyond in high school sometimes. I okay. Guess. Imagine a top grade in, in, in your college. You get like a degree in business, let's say, or, or a degree in something, and it's like a 4.0, it's a really good grade, or maybe whatever the highest one is. People would knock that because they would look at someone and say, well, you know, so-and-so got a 4.0 grade. Yeah, but where did they go? Oh, they only went to a public institution. Oh, that's not as good as like a private. That's not an Oxford or Yale. And they literally find every reason to knock you. So every time you have some semblance of success, and sometimes people can't go to Oxford and Yale. They don't come from the right background. They don't have the right class system or they don't have the right last surname. But they will still find reasons to push them back at every opportunity, get back into your role in society. You are in this, you were born into this class system, into this part of society. Don't leave it. And we will find every reason to knock you back into it. And the funny thing is, it's not government doing this all the time. It's a lot of time society because we like our little niche where we work here. You can't pass me out. And I'm very protective of where I am in the in the little class system. And this is the idea of America that there should be no class system. That it doesn't matter. I know you always haven't achieved this. I'm not saying you have. I'm never saying you. The idea of America is you are all born equal and you have a pursuit of happiness. And that they're in theory, in the idea, anyone can achieve anything. And that's the beauty of your system. You're in, they're built on the exact opposite to every other nation. Well, the best example of that is how many people I've met through the course of my career who are foreign born, they've come here sometimes not speaking any of the language. And within a fairly short period of time, sometimes a year or two, they own property, they own a car, they own a business, and they're successful. And they're speaking some English, sometimes they're speaking a lot of English. I think that's the best example I can think of that shows you can come here to this country. And with your perseverance and hard work and figuring out how things work, you can achieve you know, pretty much what you want to achieve. Absolutely. And that's, I always talk about the Statue of Liberty because I'm a big fan and it's, it just represents everything for me that America should strive to be. Your very principles on that tablet, you're holding the Declaration of Independence. That's your mission statement. It's literally the greatest statement man ever came together to write, in my opinion. But you're also holding that candle, that beacon of light saying, you can have this too. Come follow our principles. It, it's not a unique American principle to say you, everyone's free, that everyone has these rights. 
But the best insult is on the Statue of Liberty. It's by, by a lady called Emma Lazarus. Keep your pomp and your circumstance. Give me your tired, your weak, and your huddled masses yearning to be free. What was that Emma Lazarus poem as America saying to the rest of the world? It was saying it to Europe at the time, but it's true today to the rest of the world. It's saying, you know, all those people you say are scum that are from the wrong part of town, don't have the right education, don't have the right surname, don't have the right college degree, or don't have any college degree. You know, all those people you say will never, ever amount to anything in society because they just don't have it. Well, give them to me. And I will give them opportunity. And just as you said, look at how many immigrants have come to America and achieved the American dream. That is the power. There is something called the American dream. And it's real. It's tangible. People have lived it. There's not many people who come. There's how many Americans do you know that go to Ireland and go, hey, I'm going to Ireland to have the Irish dream. Or I'm going to England for the English dream or to Europe or for to China or to Australia or to New Zealand. No. People come to America for the American dream, for the opportunity to create their own happiness and to build and innovate their own future. And that is something that we need to defend because it changed the world. And how I can say it can change the world from a factual point of view is I always say this to anyone. I give them a challenge because I don't like telling people what to think. I always get them to try and think. I think the day we all believe it's 2021, look at the time from 0 AD to 1800 AD and pick any section of society. That don't let me influence you, whether it's communication, whether it's farming, whether it's agriculture, whether it's healthcare, whether it's food, whether it's electricity, anything, any aspect of life. And look at the innovation in those 1800 years. Now, look at the exact same part of society you picked, not me, and look at the innovation from 1800 AD to today. Why is it we have taken a 5,000-year leap in the last 100 or 200 years that we never even thought was possible, let alone achieved in the prior 1800 years? It's because the people were allowed to pursue their happiness, but also people were allowed to keep the fruits of their own labor. That's a uniquely American principle, and we need to get back to that. Well, I'm not sure people know that in, I would say, most other countries, although I can't say that as a scholar, but in most other countries, they don't allow foreigners, meaning people from America, for example, to do the same thing, such as come in there, buy property, own businesses, and have the same access that we allow in this country. But let's segue and talk about COVID-19, because that's got to kind of blow your mind the way you think about America to then look and see what's happened in the past two years. I mean, it kind of if you would have asked me three years ago, would there have been anything that would convince Americans to wear masks, isolate at home, you know, take a vaccine under the forced mandate of your employer or the government, I would have said absolutely not, at least not on any big scale. And yet here we are. What are your thoughts about that? We live in a crazy world. And it's sad how some things have become so political, and especially in your country. Um, I look at things, I'm a, I'm, I make no bones about my biases and my, my opinions. I'm a freedom guy. And I look at the debates that are going on right now, the mandates and the masks, and my opinion is very simple. I believe freedom is the winning message. If you want to wear a mask and you want to take a vaccine, go for it. If you don't, don't. I believe in individual sovereignty. I believe in individual liberty. I believe that you, you decide what you do. But I also believe the founder's unwritten rule in the, in the founding documents was you also have a right to be an idiot. And I always take this away from COVID to give you an example. If let's say I'm a bigger guy, if I said, you know what, I live in America, I have these freedoms, and I think it's the, but the following path is the best for me. I'm going to have a Big Mac meal three times a day, and that's all I'm going to eat for the rest of my life. 
Does the government have a right to come in and say, John, if you eat three Big Mac meals a day, you're going to be even bigger than you already are and you're going to die of a heart attack? No, they don't. It's my right. I have a right to do it. It's stupid. It's not sensible. There's not anyone who would, even with any common sense, would say, that's a good, healthy lifestyle. You're going to live till 100. They're going to say you're going to die within six months or three months or a month or a year, depending on your body. You have a right to be an idiot. I think what's happening right now is so sad. And what's also happening is your constitution has been violated because everything is from the federal government. I think you need to get back to individual liberty. I think you need to get back to, to not hating each other and just talk about things from a possible point of view. You have a vaccine. You can debate the merits of how good it is or how bad it is or whether you should take it or whether you shouldn't. You can talk about the religious exemption because there's been this uh, documentary by um, James O'Keefe where he's released it. You know, there's, it's been done by aborted baby parts. You can talk about the religious aspect. But ultimately, it all boils down to one simple thing. Do I, as a person, have a right to tell you, you must do so? And in America, you don't. You have a right to be an individual person. And even if that makes you wrong, you have that right. And I think that's the simple answer. More with Jonathan Dunn after a short break. There's magic that happens when you get together in a Verba vacation home. It's the magic of spilled drinks and twirling hugs. It's inside jokes and loud shower singing and life advice and big sister real talk and laughing till you can't breathe. It's the feeling of relief because no matter who you are, there's nothing like spending time with the people you love. Furbo, a place for together. Download the app to find yours. By now, you've probably heard all about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. You might even already be investing in them. But did you know that you could invest in cryptocurrencies through your retirement account? That's right. With iTrust Capital, you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies from a crypto IRA and get all the same tax advantages as a traditional IRA. The iTrust Capital platform is easy to use, and it only takes a few minutes to create your account. Setting up an IRA is free, and iTrust's fees are low. It's time to start taking control of your financial future. With iTrust Capital, you can get all the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal, investment, or tax professional. I want to be clear, as I always am when we discuss these things, these conversations are not, on my part anyway, anti-vaccine or pro-vaccine. There are many considerations, as I've learned, you know, this shocked me too when I kind of went down the rabbit hole the last 20 years being assigned to look into vaccine controversies for CBS News. And one thing I learned is that reporters and others in the media and the government should not be advising medical treatment for people that they've never treated medically and tell them what kind of treatment they ought to have. It's very individual and important consideration that has to do with, you know, each individual and not every vaccine is the same. Not every vaccine is equally safe or effective. That's acknowledged by the government. Some have been pulled off the market for safety reasons. There's all kinds of things to consider. And yet we see that I think there's been sort of an unprecedented I don't know, getting together, I won't say conspiracy because I don't think it was discussed. It's just sort of an agreement on the part of the media and government to promote in a very one-sided fashion these issues, whether it's vaccination or the merits of 
shutting down and isolating, which many scientists thought and now I think it's widely accepted was the wrong thing to do in terms of spread of COVID, spread indoors. It's not spread outdoors by and large. And yet we shut down the outside parks. We arrested people who were at the beach in some cases, and we told people to stay in their homes. Would you have ever thought along the lines of what I said three years ago that this country would have gone along as much as they did with some of these mandates, particularly when they were as yet unproven and have proven in the retrospect, to be contrary to the advice of a lot of people that weren't allowed to be heard. No, but also what frustrates me, if I can just add another angle to this debate, and you can decide how much you want to talk about this. Anytime you have the discussion where it's all one-sided, and and I don't care what your political opinion is, even if the right were doing this, or the Donald Trump people, or Joe Biden people, this is not political for me. I'm not a political guy. I don't have a, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not an ever-Trumper. I'm not a Biden person. I'm a, I'm a strict freedom-loving guy. I don't get involved in your politics. I get involved in your history, and I try and inspire your people. But what frustrates me is, because I've got a, an extra bone in this race on the, the COVID side, I have no problem if you want to have discussions about you know, health and what's best for society. I'll always be the freedom-loving guy, but at least if you're going to have a debate about how to tell people how to act, at least discuss every aspect. And the sad thing about COVID is we only ever discuss COVID, and that's it, as if that's the only problem in society. And this is a very personal issue for me as well. It's because I suffer with depression, and two years ago, I nearly killed myself. I was literally, I was within hours of killing myself. And thank God, I, I don't want to, I can share if you want, and if you want to discuss this, how, how I stopped and not kill myself now I'm still alive today. But it's nothing short of a miracle. But I look at this from a mental health point of view, and I know people who have depression and who are suicidal. And the last thing those people need is been locked up and saying, you can't see anyone. If you live alone, you can't see your family, that you have to isolate, that you can't see anyone for 14 days or months at a time. Also, look, look at all the other health benefits or the issues with COVID. The amount of people who have died, I don't know if you've seen the stories over here, but there's been a lot of stories in Europe and in England and in Ireland. One of the one famous singer died because during COVID, she had a breast, a lump in her breast, and she couldn't see her doctor. She said, oh, look, it's, you know, COVID, we have to isolate. I'm not going to raise a big issue. Then when she started to get, the lump started to get bigger, she raised the question. Then she couldn't get an appointment to see her GP. Then she, by the time she saw the GP, and said, yeah, this is something you need to get checked out. And then by the time she got an appointment, because the hospitals weren't exactly open either, because they were just dealing with COVID. Anyway, long story short, this girl was like 37 years of age. Her name is Sarah Harding. She was in like this big girl band, sort of similar like to Britney Spears. And she's an English person. But she died because she didn't get treated in time. The amount of people who are going to have bell cancer, who are going to have breast cancer, who are not getting diagnosed in time and, and being diagnosed in time is a key part of cancer. If you don't get diagnosed in time, your chances literally, they're literally like a slope. They go down rapidly and quickly. We don't ever talk about those stories. We're only focused in on COVID as if COVID is the only issue we face today. And I think we need to start bringing these other voices in and start saying, hey, what's for the betterment of society? And actually have a full, honest discussion. But no one wants to seem to do that today. Well, one of the things I blame for that is my industry, the news industry, because I've come to expect that the government has been largely co-opted based on my experience and the evidence we have. The government has largely been co-opted by corporate and special interests. They do their bidding rather than serving the people in many instances because they're solely focused on getting reelected. And I've spoken to the fact that according to members in both parties in Congress, their leaders have developed an extra constitutional system by which they have to raise money 
to get reelected and raise dues for the party, in essence, if they want to serve on committees and be reelected from the very people they're supposed to oversee. So let's say you're on the committee that looks at pharmaceutical issues. Well, guess what? You're forced to go ask the pharmaceutical industry for donations to meet your quota that you're assigned by the party. Therefore, you end up serving the pharmaceutical industry on that committee, making sure that there are not hearings they don't want you to have, or there are hearings that they do want you to have. And as a result, you know, I, again, our federal government has been widely co-opted. Even the members who don't want to be are forced to work within the system. But the media, we were the ones that I saw as the great equalizer. We could expose these things if CDC is putting out one-sided information and sometimes in some cases false information about COVID and the vaccines. Well, that was up to us to say there's more to it or here's what we found. But sadly, by and large, much of the media is not doing that. They're sort of jumping on board with the same interests. And, and you talk about hearing both sides of a story or various views. It's so important and critical to being able to make rational, well-informed decisions about things such as COVID, to have all this information, but the media's really fallen down on the job. And then you add to it the whole big tech uh, censorship. So they make sure that for those reporters who are off the narrative and do report factually on scientists and studies that are contrary to what you may be hearing, those things won't be heard because of the control the grip that so-called big tech has over our information. So any comments on that? You're absolutely right. You've perfectly diagnosed the problem. But just to give people a glimmer of hope, there is a, the advantage. All that you said is absolutely factually true. But in America, you have an option to get out of this system. And this can only happen in America because of innovation. And I'll use my own country and Europe as an example. What's the first problem you have? Obviously, you have politicians getting in bed with, 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 with big business, with, you know, in this case, we're talking about COVID with big pharma. There's not really a personal solution to that. But how you deal with it is through the media. You have an advantage where you have a right, still in 2021, despite all the obstacles, you still have a right to pursue your happiness and create your own business. The advantage that you have in 2021 in America that's still uniquely American is this, is that you don't have to always listen to the mainstream media. Look at what's happening. Look at the viewer numbers of who watches MSNBC, ABC, Fox News. There's someone called Joe Rogan who at times gets more viewers combined of all those major networks. You have podcasts like yourself. You have outlets like The Blaze. You have Daily Wire. Even if you don't like any of those, you still have an option to go, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a real journalist. Do what you do. Look at what your show on Full Measure. Look at your podcast. You're saying, I don't need to be in that bubble. I'm going to make a difference myself. You try and do that in Ireland, in England, in Europe, you get squashed. You don't get anywhere. The, the, then the next issue you brought up was big tech. Big tech is a massive issue. But in America, you still have the right to innovate. And just one small company who's trying to do it, obviously YouTube is censoring a lot of these videos. But you have someone called Dave Rubin, who he's a colleague of mine in the place. He set up a site called Locals, where if you don't like YouTube, you can go upload your content there and you own all your content. I'm not saying supporting these sites or different things. Obviously, I work for The Blaze. I'm connected to The Blaze, so I'm, I, I, I support The Blaze. I support people like you, people like Joe Rogan. But here's the thing. You still have that option in America where you have this out where you're like, hey, this is a major problem. What are we going to do to fix it? Right now, you still have an option to fix it if you don't like it. Other countries, you don't. Ireland has a version of PBS News. You don't go against it. They are the vanguard. They are the people who, well, what did RTE News say or what did BBC say? And if you go against that, my God, you better be careful because if they will destroy you. 
In America, you still have the options right now. And this is why it goes back to what I'm talking about in freedom. These are the freedoms we need to protect because if we lose America and America loses every freedom that made you exceptional and unique, the world goes dark and it goes dark for a very long time. We need to re-inspire Americans, but we also need to encourage them to say, hey, if you see a major problem in society, guess what? Don't moan about it. Don't complain about it. You live in a country where opportunity still exists. Go fix it. Well, one anecdote before my last question to you, when you talk about the freedom of the media, on a visit to Turkey a couple of years ago, my Turkish guide, we were driving around and seeing, I think we were near Fez, and it just really opened my eyes. I was looking at a newspaper and there was a page that was blank in the local paper, or maybe it's their national paper, I'm not sure, but popular newspaper. And I asked the guide, why is the page blank? And he said, oh, well, here you're not allowed to write or speak against the king as a reporter. And there was a guy who really was getting close to the line, kind of criticizing some personalities that were around the king. And ultimately, this is a story that was told to me, that reporter disappeared and he's believed to be held somewhere And they said that the newspaper was printing a blank page for every day that reporter was being was missing and being held somewhere by the government, it was believed. And it just really hit home to me that you're right here. You know, the government can try to destroy you and discredit you and make sure your work is not distributed or seen. But as of now, they're not taking you and throwing you in a basement and disappearing. And that is something that's I think it's getting worse here. But still, we do have the freedom to report that is not enjoyed even under our system today that is not enjoyed in many of most other countries. Absolutely. And like, and you're a prime example of this. Like, look at what you went through. Like you, thank God you didn't disappear. You weren't put in a gulag, but you know, they didn't put you in a gulag, but they frightened the hell out of you and what they did to your computer, to what they did to your laptop, to all the information that I got access. Like that's, that's, if I don't, this is the problem that you kind of have when you have a class system, and that's why I warn about it. When you're in a class system, and you can study, you know, ancient examples of this, like, you know, the Cultural Revolution in China, and why I speak out against it so much, or you can see what, you know, I speak out about in Europe. But the reason I'm so against class systems is it pits people against each other. The problem in, which just using your story as an example, is I don't care whether I like you, whether I dislike you, whether I agree with everything you say or whether I disagree with everything you say. If I may give you a quote, Voltaire inspired me a lot. He said, I may not like what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. When you have tribes, all we care about is, are you on my side or are you against me? And if you're against me, I'm not going to say anything to you. In my eyes, everyone in the media should stand up and say, what happened to you is flat out wrong. It's despicable, it's disgusting, and it should never happen in any country. But did it happen? I heard a lot of crickets. I only heard a few people speak out for you, and that's the sad thing. And that's why you should be against tribes. But here's the thing. The media does this. Just to give you a lesser example, because everyone always thinks, well, you're going to the worst case scenario where that journalist went missing. That could never happen here. Well, what might never happen in America, but what could happen is what happened to you or a story I'm going to share with you. The Irish media is run, I'll use American terms so everyone can understand. The Irish media is called RTE. It's the version of PBS News. They can be held to account, but they wrote a story. There was a case just settled in Ireland, I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before, where they wrote an op-ed and it was majorly distributed by everyone for in 2015 destroying someone. It's yes, that person stood up and said, this is wrong, this is not true. And guess what? 
But yeah, they found out it wasn't true and they admitted and they wrote an op-ed saying, hey, we were wrong on this. But guess what? That op-ed was written six years later. Do you think you'd like to get justice about something that was written about you less than six years? But that's what happens around the rest of the world. That's Ireland, a freedom, so part of Western civilization. This is why we need real media people to stand up and say, we're just going to look for the facts. And this is but the advantage, again, going back to America, is if you don't like the media, get out of it. Go do something else. You live in a country where you can still do it. Other countries don't have that advantage. So just bringing it back to the positive side. But that does happen around the world, and we need to be very careful of that and rein the, go- the, the government and the media power in check. So you have mentioned you're trying to become a U.S. citizen, and I assume you're standing in line the right way. Why not just go to Mexico and walk across, Jonathan? Because I actually love your nation and I respect your laws, but also because I'm a Christian and I don't believe I have a right to come here without being, you know, going through the right processes. But also I have a positive story to share with you in the sense of I am going to get my American dream in 2022 because I'm over here on a speaking tour and something, a miracle happens. And that miracle was I found someone and on Friday night I proposed and she said yes. So I never thought I'd get here through marriage, but I'm going to achieve my American dream in 2022. And not only do I get that, but I also get an amazing wife and I get dream girl. So miracles do happen and only in America. But I've never done it legally because I actually love your nation and I believe in doing things the right way. And I want to come here and I'm not going to take from the system. I'm going to add to the system. I'm going to serve your country. I'm going to do everything I can to inspire your people to understand why you're exceptional and unique and hopefully play a small part in the revival of your country. Well, let me say welcome in advance and that we are very pleased to have somebody who's so positive joining as an American in this country. And it's been a really uplifting conversation. So I thank you for being with me today on the podcast. Thank you so much. And if I just may say one last thing, the one thing, the sad thing you've changed in your culture, which I beg you to start changing around, is you're not as optimistic as you were when to that seven or eight-year-old boy. I know there are major problems in your country, but if you read American history, you understand American history is based on one simple principle. You've made the impossible possible. You're the bunch of people who overcame the military superpower today. You overcame World War I, World War II, the Cold War. You've explored everything from the swamp to the stars. It's time, I know some people are hurting for different reasons, but it's time to understand that yes, despite all the obstacles, you still live in the greatest country in the world and that the, anything is possible in the future if you're willing to work for it. That still holds true. So please return to being the optimistic people and I will be your biggest cheerleader and supporter. And I can't wait to get here and live here and be part of your community because you, you still have so much to offer the world. And I think we can still turn things around if we're willing to work for it and believe we can do it. Jonathan Dunn. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Check out justthenews.com and don't forget to subscribe to the Cheryl Agason podcast, my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, and all the Just the News podcasts wherever you like to listen. Share with your friends and leave us a good review. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. All right, folks, all of you know the story about my crick in my neck and how I bought a MyPillow a few years ago and all of a sudden my neck just healed up. In fact, the orthopedist couldn't figure out what the heck had John done. I, it was simple. I just bought one of Mike Lindell's pillows, and I all of a sudden found I wasn't sleeping right on my pillow. Mike's pillows did the trick. Well, guess what? He's done it again. He's got something new. He's now introducing his new My Slippers. You want the best 
slipper ever, the best foot experience late at night. Well, Mike has got, he took over two years to develop this. He designed it to wear this slipper indoor and outdoor all day long. It's comfortable, it's durable. It's made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue in the slipper. And it's made with quality leather suede. They look good, they feel good, they wear good. For a limited time now, Mike is offering 50% off his new My Slippers. You will also receive a free book with any purchase. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you'll want to get some for the whole family. It's a great gift, especially heading into Springtown. So here, here's what you do. You go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's easy to remember, right? The promo code JUSTNEWS and you will get deep discounts on all the MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets the MyPillow mattress topper, and of course, the MyPillow towel set. And don't forget, y'all want those my slippers. You got to have them. They're incredible. Here's another way you can take advantage of this. You can call 800-951-3715 and use the promo code JUSTNEWS when someone picks up. Call 800-951-3715. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. Pretty simple stuff for the best slipper sheet pillow experience of your life.